thankful, Lord, that you hold our future. Lord, you know all about our situations and trials of life and temptations, Lord. You know about everything we go through, Father, and we just thankful, Lord, we can depend on you in the time like we're living in, Lord. To know your word will never fail, but it will fulfill that what it's sent to do. Lord, we commit this service to your hands, everything to be said and done for your glory. Lord, we just want to say once again, we love you with all of our hearts. We're thankful for the call in our lives, Lord, that we've, we've heard your voice. We've heard your call, Lord. We're looking forward toward meeting you in the air, Lord, the saints that have gone on. Lord, what a day that will be. And it's all because you live. It's all because there's an empty grave, Lord. Lord, that you broke the seals and you walked out of that tomb, Lord, to show you're a living God living throughout eternity. Lord, we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. Also John chapter 15. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I, I bring you greetings from uh, Brother Fred Mullins and, and uh, the assembly there in South Carolina. We was away ministering this weekend there, and uh, Brother Fred had had a stroke and, and been under the weather for quite a while, and the doctors had told him he couldn't get in the pulpit for a month, so we went there to help him and, and to put our shoulder to the wheel, and he said to be sure and tell you hello from him and their church, the Life Tabernacle. Amen. He said he'd love to meet us sometimes. Amen. So let's, let's just look here at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bush, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that you may see your good works, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Also, John chapter 15 and verse 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. But if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'd like to speak to you again on ye are the light. Amen. My voice is a little bit weak, so amen. I'm going to try to try to help me tonight. Ye are the light. You know, it struck me back there in the office as I was looking over these things. And the Lord just kind of put it in my heart to look at it again. And um, I looked at, I began to read, ye are the light. You know, and I, I feel like this was actually more than just words that were written on, written on paper. But Jesus was actually saying, as, as he did, as God would say in the beginning, let there be light. 
but it was actually a word that was spoke that created lights to a generation. Lights that would hang and lights that would, as he would there on the day of creation, he would speak, let there be light. And the sun, as we've seen it today, come out after the storm. And it's still hanging there today. Stars that we watch at night and moon, different things. Amen. And, and, no, and no matter what, no matter what the devil would try to do, he couldn't stop the sun from shining. He can't stop the stars from shining. They'll shine as long as they are predestined to shine, predestinated to shine. And so will you. God actually spoke you into existence. Amen. Jesus and his words, with these, I believe these are creative words. He said, ye are the light. So he could not make that statement unless there would be lights to be, to be made manifest. And this is what even Brother Brandon would talk about, the spoken word. Amen. And coming into the bride, he said, in very plain language, the true bride of Christ was in the mind of God eternally, though not expressed until each came forth in his designated decreed season and as each member came forth it became expressed and took its place in the body thus this bride is the literal spoken word seed bride and though she is feminine in designation she is also called the body of Christ and so it's very apparent that she ought to be called that for she's pre- she was predestinated in him came from the same source was, was eternal with him and now are manifesting God in a many membered body whereas what well, God was once manifested in one member even our Lord Jesus Christ but now he's manifested in many membered bodies amen and so but all coming from the same source or, or from the same power or from the same place amen we're not connected to something different than what he was connected to amen as, as we went through it is is depicted there in the golden candlesticks we're all coming from that same place and so God's word would go out let there be light and so light would go forth into every generation because God is not going to allow Satan to have it all dark and all black until it's time to leave here and there's no more spoken word seed left upon this earth and then true darkness will come upon this earth as as seen before the creation of the sun it's spiritually speaking but amen God God has spoken, amen, and so through the dark ages, through the times, through the seven church ages, he spoke it, there would be light, they would manifest, they would come forth, amen, no matter what the, the devil tried to do, how he tried to stop it, he tried to saw them asunder, he tried to burn them, he tried to murder them, he tried to put them in prison, their lights would keep shining, he could not put it out, and so, so as we saw it all down through the ages, and we come into the time that we're living in, God is going to have a light upon the earth the devils are going to try to put it out they're going to try to uh, uh, force it out they're going to try to do everything they can to extinguish it but God's word amen will not amen will not will always be fulfilled it, it can't be stopped it's unstoppable if there's anything upon this earth that is unstoppable that is the word of God Satan's been trying to stop it for thousands of years and he hasn't succeeded yet and he will never succeed because God's word will always fulfill and always come to manifestation. And so God is going to have lights. And brother, as we spoke last time on this, amen, brother Brandon would say there was a stream of life here, amen, and down through there's a bunch of darkness and all the gaiety and that's partying and carrying on. It's a lot of darkness, he said, but every once in a while you'll see a light burning. He said, that's a born again Christian. 
amen, that's even in the darkness, there's still light. Now, we know light shines greatest in the dark. And so God would so design this time that we're living in, amen, that it'd be so dark, it'd be, uh, you know, but he said, but he said in his word, in the evening time, in the dark time, amen, when time seems to be getting away, it shall be light. And so his spoken words, God is actually speaking you into existence in the time of darkness. God is actually speaking and lights are coming on in darkness, just like it did when the sun came and the stars came. God is speaking it in this generation, just like he did in Paul, Irenaeus, Wesley, Martin, Luther, all the way down, God spoke and lights came on. God spoke and lights came on. God is still speaking and lights are still coming on. Amen. Lights are still being illuminated. Amen. And Satan is trying. He's bringing all of his forces. He's trying everything. He can put it out. He's trying to disqualify. He's trying to bring it down and say it ain't real. But lights are still coming on because you cannot stop the word of God. God's word will be fulfilled. Now, you know, we were all pre-planned by God. Hallelujah. Nothing happens by chance. So therefore, you're not in the time that you're living in by chance. Amen. God knew you would be here. Matter of fact, he pre-planned the time that he would turn the switch on. He pre-planned the time, planned it for many generations so that you could be here tonight. That's how much God thought about you. Listen, you're not an afterthought. You're a pre-planned thought. You're not just a side thing and God said, oh, I guess I'll have somebody. No, he's been planning you. He's been bringing you to this place. He's been wiring it up for thousands of generations and bringing this one to this one. What was he doing? He was bringing the wires together. He brought grandpappy to grandmama. Amen, daddy to mama. He was bringing the wires together because he knew I have to have lights in this generation. I have to have lights so God can, so men can see God manifested in flesh like they did 2,000 years ago. So you're pre-planned for many generations. Amen. You're not just an afterthought. Hallelujah. The devil wants to make you think you're an afterthought. And nobody thinks about you and nobody cares about you. But God thinks about you. He thought about you before the foundation of the world. That's rejoicing. That's something to rejoice about right there. Amen. When the devil's speaking in your ear and tells you you're, nobody thinks about you, nobody cares about you, you need to turn back to him and say, God thought about me. That's why I'm here tonight. God pre-planned my existence. He wired, up, he wired it all that I can't be here. Listen, the devil tried to extinguish some of your own back forefathers that if something would have happened to them, you wouldn't have been here. But God was watching over a seed. God was watching over a light. He had said, ye are the light. So God was saying, nope, that one can't, that cannot happen right now because I got a seed coming through there. I got a life coming through there. It has to come through. Amen. Maybe it was in a war. Amen. A bullet almost took him out or a ship almost sunk. Whatever it was. But God said, no, it can't happen right now. I got a seed coming through there. God's been thinking about you. 
If you get nothing out of this service tonight, that God has been thinking about you. And if God thought about you and pre-planned your coming, he's got the, prepar- the preparations for you. He's got enough power to take care of you. There's enough power in the sending station to make sure your light don't go out. He pre-planned you. Think about it. You're in the gene of your father. You didn't, he didn't know you at that time. Neither did you know him at that time. But you see, there were, you were put in a bedding ground, the womb of your mother through holy wedlock. And then and through the process of the birth, you became, became a person expressed in the image like your father. That's the only way you can be a son or a daughter of God because you, you have to have eternal life. There has to be an expression. There has to be a lighting, as we talked about last time, a lighting of the candle. The match has to touch the wick. If it don't touch the wick, there's no light. Amen. Amen. So there's only one form of eternal life, and that's God's life. But the gene of your life, spiritual life tonight, was in God, the Father, before there was even a molecule. And you were nothing but the manifest, and now you're nothing but the manifestation of the gene of life that was in God. Amen. You're expressed after his word has come in you. His life has come in you for what? To light up this age. To light up this age. You are expressing God's life in you because now you are a son or daughter of God. Amen. You're not, you're not, you're now made. You're sitting in this church. Amen. Because your duty is to express God to this nation, to people, to the neighborhood where you associate. You're led to let your light shine. You're here to express the very light of God. As he was a light 2,000 years ago, now you are his light today. And you're illuminating and, and you're pulsating with life. Wherever you are, God knew you would be here. (laughs) Man, whoever you are, God knew you would be here. Because you had, you have, wasn't his genes or his attributes. You had to be. If you, if you got eternal life, then it always was eternal life. And God, before the foundation of the world, knew you would be here. And no matter what the devil tried to do to stop it, he couldn't stop it. No matter how hard he tried to put it out or cut the connection generations ago, he couldn't do it. Why? God said, no, I have that light. It has to shine. Just like the sun, let there be. Just like the stars, let there be. I must have stars in Laodicea that has lightened up the world. To show I am still alive. Jesus was the fullness of God made manifest. He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Therefore, when he came to the earth, he was manifest in the flesh. You were in him because he was the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Therefore, you walked with him, in him, because you were in him when he was on the earth. You suffered with him. You died with him. You was buried with him. And now you're risen with him. The manifested attributes of God setting in heavenly places, already raised, resurrected a new life, setting in heavenly places. Oh, that means so much nowadays, church. 
That means so much to us to see ourselves positionally placed in Jesus Christ. I want you to understand when Brother Brown talking about those lights going down there, they're not just randomly there. No, they have been placed by the power of God. They have been put there for a certain purpose, for a certain time. Listen, you couldn't come 200 years ago. That wasn't your time. But you came in the age that we're living in and God has illuminated your life in the darkest of times and now you can shine the brightest. So we are those attributes of God. Therefore, we cannot live by creeds. We cannot live by denominationalism. We must live by the word because the bride is part of the bridegroom. Like any wife is part of her husband, therefore we must be that word bride. What is that word bride? The manifestation of this hour, the bride, not a creed, not a denomination, but a living oracle of God, a living attribute of God, displaying to the world the attributes of God in the formation of the bride that's to be expressed in the hour that we're now living. See, Martin could not express the attributes that we express. He didn't have the light that we have. Amen, because that was in the beginning. The, the corn of wheat that had been put down into the ground there at Pentecost, it had to go through all the stages. Amen, to where it would come to greater revelation. You know, at first when you put something in the ground, you cover it up. How many has ever planted a garden? You plant it there and you forget what you planted. Now, this ain't God. This is talking about human. God don't ever forget who, what he plants. Amen. But humanly speaking, and so there, the, the, it starts breaking forth. And at first you're like, is that grass or is that a, what is that? I, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I, dad always had a garden. And uh, so I'd have my job to go out there and help him hoe. He's like, you know, I, I just for, uh, you know, example here, something like this would go on. Says, you, know, you get this hoe road, you can go fishing with your buddies. Dude, I'd get that hoe and I'd go to hoeing. And he'd stop, wait a minute, you're going too fast, you, you're going to get the real plants. And he'd begin to show me what was real. Sometimes you couldn't tell the difference, but you let that grow a little bit. And it begins to manifest itself. It begins to say, oh, that's a corn plant, or that's a tomato, or that's whatever. Amen, oh, oh, that's just a blade of grass. Let me take that out. That old Bermuda, that's what that is. Let me dig that out by the roots. I hate that stuff. It begins to manifest itself. And God has allowed things to manifest. He's allowed it, and some of it looks like light, but it's not light. It looks like truth, but it's not truth. It looks like it's real, but it's not real. But you let it grow a little bit, it'll show you what it is. You let it come up a little higher, it'll show you what's truly on the inside. Why do you think we got people leaving the message? Because they growed a little bit, and they've expressed who they really are. Therefore, why you got people that's still with the message? Because they growed a little bit and they're expressing who they are. Hallelujah. And so why Jesus would say you can't tear, you can't pull it up right now because you, you'll pull up the wheat with the tares. But let them grow together. Then we can tell who's what. Martin could not express the attributes that we express. Because they didn't have the light that we have. Amen. You see, the whole, Brother Bram talking about this, he said the whole program, the whole church of God is built upon divine revelation. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. What was the revelation of who he was? 
upon this rock, the revelation of Jesus Christ in this hour, not what he was in another hour. What he was, what he is now, the Bible expresses. It's growing in the Bible to full stature. Therefore, if the corn of wheat of Christ had to fall in the ground, so did the bride have to fall in the ground through the dark ages. Any grain that goes in the ground must die or it'll never reproduce itself. And the great church that he established on the day of Pentecost by sending the Holy Ghost had to suffer martyrdom, going to the dirt, into the earth in the dark ages, so to bring forth again in the age of Luther, and on down and come on out to full stature of the bride of Jesus Christ for this last day. Therefore, the bride in the rapture will come forth. And there is, because there is, that is all pre-planned by God and it's all backed up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. From the beginning, he knew every man, every place who had said all about it. It's all been pre-planned. God knew it would be so. Y'all ought to give us confidence in the time and the atmospheres that we're living in. This is all pre-planned by God. Newsflash. It ain't pre-planned by governments. They're all in control. He said, well, Satan's got them all in control. Well, who's he controlled by? God's working it about for a certain time and a certain end. Amen. To bring a burning of this old world. Amen. But thank God we've been pre-planned. And the pre-plan, let me give you a little idea on the pre-plan. Before this world burns, we're leaving here. That's pre-planning by God. God pre-planned our, our time to come. He pre-planned the time we was going to be here. And he's pre-planned our future. He said, you're not going to be in the burning. The tares are going to be in the burning. You're going to be in the rapture, the gathering of the garner, unto the garner. Amen. That is who we are blessed. That is our pre-planned moment. So what are you afraid about? Not only that, he's going to prepare a place that when we leave here, he's already got us pre-planned over there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. It's all prepared just like even this night is prepared. Just like this hour's prepared. He's prepared it. He's paid a table. He's got enough plates for every person that's going to be there. I love that. I've used it before and we'll use it again. He knows how many plates to put out. He's not got one too many or one too little. He's not going to have to holler at the angels and say, angels, I forgot about that one. Bring me another plate. No, it's already prepared and pre-planned. Matter of fact, I've already got a name card in my plate. Hallelujah. And I want you to understand, there's nobody else that can take my place. There's nobody else that can take your place. It has been pre-planned by God. And go to the other side, neither is he going to have to take a setting from the table and say, well, they didn't make it. I tried and they didn't make it. No, if you've been prepared or pre-planned by God to be here and to be there, your table is set, your place is set, your napkin set, your fork's there, whatever's needed for the dinner. God is not worried about you not being there. He's already made a way. And 
you can line every devil up and he'll not stop you from being there. He'll not keep you from being there. My name's already written. He ain't got enough power to smudge it off. Your hour is prepared, it's preplanned. Hallelujah. Now the vine, so we read about the vine, the branch. The vine doesn't bear fruit. The branch bears fruit. The vine gives life to the branch to bear fruit. And Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Therefore, the branch is energizing the life into the branch, or the vine is energizing the life into the vine. The branch is energized by the life of the vine. Therefore, Jesus has no lips tonight on earth but mine and yours. Amen. He has no eyes but mine and yours. He has no hands but mine and yours. And he energizes us. (laughs) Anybody ever been energized? I think I asked this again, but I want to ask it one more time. Who's ever grabbed a hold of a 120? Somehow he's fooling with one of them plugs, plugging something in, got, got a little cross me Energize. Amen. You, you, something, something reacted on the inside of you. Something moved. You couldn't help it. It just, was, it just was an action that caused a reaction. It happened. And he says the vine is energizing the branch. And yet we got branches who claim to be connected to the vine and there's no movement in them. There's no response in them. They sit dead as a hammer and they say they're connected. They're not energized. You get energized, there's life inside of you. There's something responding. There's something going on. There's something happening. Hey man, you can call it emotion if you want to call it emotion, but I call it something that's real. It's about as dumb as grabbing a hold of that over there and saying that's all, that's all just emotion. There's something that's causing the emotion, you big dummy. If I got a hold of that over there and I, I got wrong, got a hold of the wrong wires and I went to a place where I wasn't supposed to touch, talking about an electrical plug, amen, I grabbed a hold of it or you know, stuck a fork in it like a dummy, whatever, amen, and it got a hold of me and I started screaming. You can say, ah, it's just emotion. It's all that is, just worked up emotion. Why don't you get a hold of it and see what it is? You grab a hold of it and stick your finger in that and we'll see what kind of, what it is. You'll find out it's something more than just emotion. It's more than just me over there hollering and carrying on and jumping and trying to get free from it. There's something that's got a hold of me. There's something that's charging me and it's moving my muscles and it's reacting. Something's happening. If you've been connected to the vine, it energizes you. It's more than just some emotion. There's something that's causing it. There's a power that's surging in the body. 
You can call it emotion all you want to. And when Sister Atlanta jumped out of that, and that, that, that seat sitting up there where Brother George Hamilton and them are, and she ran around this church, and the, and the man of God, Brother Tim, said, Miriam, your enemy is dead. You can call that emotion if you want to. But tell me, was it emotion that took all the cancer away? If it was, I want it. If it was just emotion that took the cancer, I want it. But it was not just emotion. It was the power of God. She connected into a source and it lit up her life. And light came into the body and it drew back the darkness and said, darkness, get out of here. something that caused a reaction. The branch is energized by the life of the vine. So if you are not energized, if there's not something happening, something moving, something working, it ain't got to be just a shout or dance or run. It's a life pulsating. He energizes us, brings it through us. Oh, oh through, through us. Brings it through us. Oh, I thought, I thought we just needed to see angels. Well, it'd be wonderful to see angels, but I don't have to see angels to know they're here. With my two eyes, I, that don't matter. It matters not. I know they're here because the Word said they're here. Amen. God brings the energy, the power through us. He's not working through angels. He's working through human flesh. Hallelujah. It's Christ working through the branches of his church. He said, listen, he's no eyes but mine or yours, no hands but mine or yours. He energizes us, bringing forth his life. He brings it through us, whether it's preaching the gospel by the lips or seeing vision by the eye, whether, whether it's whatever it is, laying hands on the sick. It's Christ working through the branch of his church. Every office literally electrified by his presence. Electrified. Why would he use that word electrified? Electrified by his presence. Now he would make a statement in the fundamental foundation for faith. He said, Why, what did Christ redeem us for? Did you ever think about that? Why, did he, why, why, did, why didn't he just make the atonement, make you the atonement and say, now there's no need of giving him deep powers. Listen to this. There's no need of making this man a son of God. There's no need in doing that. I will just ask him to believe it, write his name on the book of heaven, and that'll settle it. But he gave us these redeemed blessings, the atonement, that we might operate the work of God. How do, in other words, he didn't want you to just look like a light bulb. He didn't want you to just look like a candle. He didn't want you to just be like a robot and your name's already there and it's already happened. It's already there. No, he, he wanted there to be something happening on the inside of you that the same life that was 2,000 years ago can now walk on shores here in Laodicean age. Right here in the darkest time that this life can come forth. He said, there, there's no need of giving him that. There's no need of making him a son of God. I'll just write his name down and that'll settle it. But he gave us these redeemed blessings that we might operate the work of God by the energy of the Holy Spirit. 
<laughs> Therefore, he would say, I am the vine, ye are the branches. The vine don't bear forth fruit, but the branches bring forth the fruit. But the vine with all of its energy and all of its power can't produce it. It can't, listen to this. It, with all of its energy and all of its power, it can't produce life unless the branch is willing to receive the energy. So you can have a nuclear power plant right out there and it can have all the power in the world to light up this whole state of Louisiana. But if there ain't somebody that go run some wires over there and hook it up, it's nothing but a bundle of power that's worthless. And if God is all that to you, just a bundle of power, and you ain't never hooked up to him, and his life ain't pulsing, pulsating through you, and giving you energy to work the works of Christ, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. <laughs> if he ain't doing all of that through you, what, what good is he? He's a God of history. He's a God over there in that little box over there that just sits over there, and that's all he does is right over there, right over there. There's God. God wants to be more than just right over there. God wants to be more than just right up there. God wants to be connected to a body. He wants lines that can, positive and negative, be put right into your life to where your life all of a sudden energizes with the power of the Holy Ghost. And no longer do you just look like a light bulb, but there's light pulsating through you. There's light moving through you. There's energy pulsating and things are happening and demons are being cast out and you're working the works of Christ. See, God is dependent on you as a member of his body to bring forth the fruit. Now you can, look, you can interchange these, really, fruit or light. He's dependent on you to bring forth the light. He's dependent on you to bring forth the fruit. If he's dependent on you, if, if he's dependent on us, let's open up our channels. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit come in and energize us and free us from all fears and doubt. Revivals come. Somebody said, the power is only given to the apostles. I'm not in historian, but I've read much history, church history, and I've never seen a time in all the history of the world where there was ever waves of the Holy Ghost that ever struck the church without a revival. But what signs, wonders, and miracles following, God healed the sick, and he will continue to do it in every age where people and churches are willing to let loose and let the Holy Spirit take control of their beings. If they're willing to let God move, God will move. If they're willing to let God heal the sick, God will heal the sick. If they're willing to let him pulsate through their life, God will pulsate. He'll pulsate in somebody's life just like he pulsated in David's life. When that faith, of, that surge of pulsation come through him when he heard that giant's challenge and he heard him scream out, send me a man that'll fight. Send me somebody. And he's like, who is this uncircumcised devil? And something began to pulsate on David. Why? He had been connected to something. It wasn't just connected to some dry-eyed confession. He had had the anointing oil been poured over him. There was a connection made for him. And he had a connection and his pulsation began to happen. He's like, what is this? How long are you going to let him talk? I've heard enough. I'll go fight him. 
Got too many saws. Got to all the ecclesiastical garments and the, they look like light bulbs, but they don't light up. Devil make the challenge and they run back to their tent and pull up their computer and try to find a quote about it. God wants more than a quote. He said, well, he said that what can do more for Jeffersonville is thousands of lived voices. <laughs> Live voices. In other words, people that's real. He said, it'll walk up to the devil and tell him, just as sweet and humble as they can be, just tell him, have authority over him. <laughs> you know what some of y'all need to do? You need to walk up to that devil, just as sweet and as humble as you can be, say, you going to hell. Because that's where he's going. He wants to tell you, you ain't got no good future. Well, you need to start telling him just as sweet and as humble as you can be. You're going to hell. You're going to burn. You're going to lose. You're never going to win. Do you understand what he's telling you actually applies to him? He's trying to tell you what belongs to him and put on you what belongs to you. You're never going to win. You're never going to make it. You're going to die. There's, you're gonna, there's going to be an end to you. God don't care. That belongs to the devil. Let's tell the devil that for a minute. You're not going to win. You're not going to live. You got an end. You got an expiration date. Your time is coming. You're almost over with. Amen. You might as well shut up and go back to where you came from. Hallelujah. God wants live voices. Got too many souls. They're too scared to call prayer lines. They're too scared to have altar calls because they're afraid to face those demons. We need some Davids. We need some real men. Don't preach the power out of the church. Preach it into the church. Connect them to the Old and New Testament. Got too many people, as we said last Sunday, they want to wire in an emergency stop button. I had to use that again. That was too good just for one service, wasn't it? Want to wire it right in with their creeds and dogmas, and they want their little emergency stop button so they can hit it when the emotion gets a little bit too much and things begin to move too much, and they, they want to hit it. And how did it get there? By their creeds, by their dogmas, by their own ideas. And they stopped the working of the Holy Ghost. And they hid it so much to where the Holy Spirit don't even move no more. But there's a way to bypass that thing. Matter of fact, Jesus bypassed it. It was men that wired it back up. But he came back in this hour again and he bypassed it. He took it out and said, we don't need no stop button. We need the Spirit of God moving in the body. We need it flowing through every limb, through every avenue, through every place. Amen. We don't know if there's a channel clogged up, unclog it. Let the Holy Spirit go to moving and God will move it. Read this part last Sunday, but they talked about, Brother Brown talked about in the Reader's Digest, reading an article. 
You say, well, I don't know. I can't find that article. Well, you wasn't there anyway. Why are you worried about it? I believe what the man said. He was there. So here not long ago, they took an x-ray of a man praying for a sick man and found out a ray of light coming from one man, not all of them, but from one man's hand, reflected a ray of light when they placed a piece of lead foil beneath that man's hand. He said, I guess you read it for yourself. Apparently they did, because apparently nobody said they didn't. In England, they turned the healers, they called them loose in all the hospital, and there was 80% more healing done by divine healing than medical cures had performed it. Reader's Digest picked it up. It was in Newsweek, in Reader's Digest. They find that there's a ray of light. When this man, sincerely, not knowing what they were doing, put his hands upon a man and prayed an earnest prayer, they was putting the x-ray down and found a light coming from his hand. God knew what he was talking about when he said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But it only works if you've been connected to the light. Amen, because if you hadn't been connected to the light, that demon would tell you, Paul, I know Jesus, I know, but who are you? Amen, but if you've been connected to that light, he knows what that light is. He knows where it's come from. He knows because he was there himself at one time. Lucifer. He knows what he's speaking of, the Bible so he said, I want to see the church press into that place where it can come like God wants it to be. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Is that what your desire is? He said, when God was made flesh and became the Messiah, then if he, ye, we can yield ourselves to become the anointed like he was, we become Messiahs. Little lights. Little lights. That's what the church is supposed to be. Lights. Little anointed ones, hallelujah. Little anointed ones carrying forth his light unto all the church ages. Sometimes it goes completely out, then it comes back on again. God's anointed another one. God's messianic church. If Messiah means the anointed one, means the king, then if the church is anointed by the same Messiah spirit, it's become a lesser but still a Messiah because it has his light. And if it has his light, it has his power, it has his glory, and it has his dominion. Because it's reflecting the same thing. So it is Messiah. And how it reflects him in his kingdom and his domain. The trouble today, we've organized it. We've organized the church to death. We got the organization instead of the Messiah light. He'd say like this, we got Russell lights and proselytes, all other kind of lights. Now we got messageites. But what we need is Messiah light. What the church needs needs today is the light of the Messiah. Hallelujah. That is true. God called Messiah. God called us. He placed us. He preplanned us. We become kings and priests in the God. Like Jesus was a God, was God's high priest. We are also a priest. Jesus, God in fullness, dwelt in him. Shine forth the expression of God to a world. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And as God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, God comes into the church and anoints himself some messiahs. Little lights. The same things he did in his church, he wants in this church. I quoted it the other day, but it's worth quoting again. Brother Henry Green said, God started his church 
like he wanted it. Now he wants his church like he started it. The same power he had in his church at the beginning. I'm saying it like that because he was here. He defeated demons. And everywhere he went, if he could get somebody to believe, they left. Now, if they wouldn't believe, he couldn't do many mighty miracles, the scripture would say. But if faith would arise in their hearts and light would begin to boom out, what was it? Faith began to pulsate. Demons begin to, I don't like this. Something's happening. You ever seen? I hate them. Thank God we ain't got them. But you ever seen roaches? I ain't going to ask who's ever had roaches. But I've seen them different places. You come in there in the night, flip on the light. That's why I don't stay at a Hotel Six. They leave the light on for you, and there's a reason. <laughs> that was a good one right there. Amen. They might be $69 a night, but they ain't worth it. But anyway, roaches are attracted to in the dark. They come in the dark. You can come in, flip, flip a light on. Mice, rats, every kind of vermin come in the night. Why? Because it's where they're comfortable with. Demons find themselves dark places. And they're comfortable in dark places and dark souls of men. But all of a sudden, the word can begin to pulsate. And light begins to beam out. And it's ascending station. And it's searching. Is there some receiving stations? Is there, oh, is there, it, nope, it's not there. Is there one over there? Yep, there it is. And it starts pulsating. And this receiving station starts pulsating back. Hallelujah. It begins to pulsate back. What's it pulsate? It's reflecting the light that's coming from the sending station. Hallelujah. And it's picking it up. And as it begins to pulsate, and it gets brighter and brighter, demons start running. Amen. This is what God wants his church. He wants his church full of lights. Why do you think he said that they're the cage of every unclean and hateful bird? Because there's no light. It's darkness. The demons are comfortable in the dark. The same things he did in his church, he wants in this church. The same power he had, his church becomes his dominion. He's king over the dominion. We're kings and priests offering spiritual sacrifices to God, the fruits of our lips, giving praise to him. Oh my, there you are, messiahs. Messiahs, little messiahs, little anointed one. Anointed off of what? The main one. Anointed off the great one. Oh my. He said when Jesus was on earth, they could deny him being Messiah because they could not deny him being the Messiah because he did the signs of the Messiah. The Jews was blinded. That's the reason they couldn't see it. See his signs. That's what's the matter with the church tonight is blindness. The outside world, they may not see it because the God of this world has blinded their eyes with a glare. Jesus went about and did the signs of the Messiah and the people blasphemed him. And they blaspheme the great anointing one Messiah. How much more they call, will they call them of his household of the kingdom? Beelzebub's and whatsoever more, holy rollers, holy jumpers, something or another. Bunch of emotionalists. Always got a scandal name for it because it comes from the devil. And they call them of his house, 
household. He said, more than they. If they called him that, what would they call them of his household? But still, it makes just the same. He said, now, Brother Branham, Jesus has a sign of the Messiah. How do we know what was the sign? Bible said that when the Messiah come, he would be a prophet. He'd show signs. Scripture teachers knows that. Moses said, the Lord your God shall raise a prophet of me. He performed those signs, showed himself. Amen. He told the woman that she had five husbands and, and the one she was living with. She said, sir, I perceive thou a prophet. We know that when the Messiah comes, he will tell us all things. He said, I am he that speaks to you. And she ran into the city and told the men of the city, come see a man who's done those, told me the very things that I've done. Isn't this the very Messiah? Jesus said himself, if I cannot do the works of my father, then believe me not. If I claim to have the anointing and don't do the works of God, because I'm anointed by him, I must do the works. Well, that goes for the Messiah. That goes for the Messiahs. That was the Messiah for the Messiahs, the church. Here it comes. John 14, 12. He that believeth in me, the works that I do. Shall he do? Maybe. Also. The Messiahs, the representation of the Messiah on earth. That's why he would say in Mark 16, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. These signs shall follow the Messiahs. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them to believe. How far? To all the world. To who? Every creature. Oh, I'm so glad. How are you ever going to rub that out? How are you ever going to rub that out? How are you ever going to rub that out? Men have rubbed it out. I mean, Brother Bradham talked about it. That woman, that her son was off, and she had wrote and said he had a, she had a terrible sickness. Remember the story? And he comes home and finds her well. And she's, he's like, well, Mom, you told me you was really sick and pointed dying. You know, they didn't have communication like we got today. She said, he said, what happened? You find a good doctor? She said, no, I found a little mission down the street. And they came down here and they went, according to Mark 16, they anointed me with oil and prayed the prayer of faith. Amen. Lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And he said, mama, we learned in seminary school that, that wasn't anointed. She said, well, that's amazing. If God could do that for me with an unanointed scripture, what could he do for me with an anointed one? Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, it's all anointed. The power of God, the bank of heaven is here to back up every promise. All he needs is a heart to believe. A light. I I receive a station that says, yes, Lord, I receive it. Yes, Lord, I believe it. Yes, Lord, it's mine. Yes, Lord, right now. So I wonder where people that don't believe in signs and wonders fallen believer said, how would you ever read that in history of the church and think it ceased with the apostles? So I read in the Nicene Fathers, Nicene Councils, all the ancient writers I could think of, reading Hislops, two Babylon, many other ancient books, all the way down to the early Catholic church, down to the first 600 years after Christ. Irene, St. Martin, Columbus, all of them, every one of them saintly men, they preached the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. They preached the remission of sins. They preached speaking in tongues. Uh-oh. They've raised the dead. They healed the sick. Signs and wonders follow them plumb on to the dark ages, through the dark ages. Been, there's been a little minority all the way down that kept shining the gospel light. 
What was it? Messiahs. One holding forth the representation of a Messiah kingdom. Jesus never failed. He did just exactly what he was commissioned to. He came to establish a kingdom and he did it. And that kingdom will not be moved. Though all hell is hell me, we shall not be moved. Just spoke on that this last Sunday night on two kingdoms, one that can be moved and one that will not move. Because he said all heaven and earth will be shaken. Amen. He talks about in Hebrews of a kingdom that will be shaken, but also a kingdom that will not be shaken. Hallelujah. We're seeing it right in our generation, right in our time. People that winds of doctrines, winds of, of unbelief, winds of fear, winds of this blowing through and shaking people off. Amen. Off the tree and shaking them loose. Amen. Why? Because it was dead to begin with. But there are some that will never be shaken. The kingdom of God comes in the heart by the power of the Holy Ghost. It brings God's spirit upon the anointed church to perform the same signs and wonders as he did to prove that Messiah is king of his kingdom. He said, oh, I feel like shouting some myself right now. You see what Messiah is? Messiah is the kingdom of God anointed once. Them anointed with the same spirit he was anointed with. goes down to the dark ages, different ones that died. And he says, now, you don't have to die to get this. He said, you have to spiritually die, but you don't have to physically die. The inside is where God gets in control of you. And he presses him forward, himself forward. And you don't let any root of bitterness, hatred, malice, strife, things that will block up the channels. Just get all the meanness and the superstition and all the unbelief out of you. And every time you move out in unbelief, God steps right back, moves out that little unbelief. God will step right in and take over, move it all out. He told Joshua, everywhere the soles of your foot have set, I'll give it to you. And tonight as we enter into the kingdom of God's kingdom, amen, God's kingdom taking out all the unbelievers, all the Amorites, all the Malachites, and whatsoever more, throw it out of us like we did and take possession. When they say days of miracles are past, you say you a Malachite, get out of here. If they say there's no such a thing as seeing vision, you Amorite, get out of here. If they say, amen, there's no more for you, amen, you Philistine, you get out of here. Hallelujah. If they say there's not going to be a rapture, you devil, get out of here. If they say you're not going to make it, Satan, get behind me. I've already made it. My life has been illuminated by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're pressing then. And he said, from that little button, you're taking over the fibers of you spreading out. That little button of light, when it's illuminated by the eternal seed of God, a light bursts forth in you. And it begins to spread out of your body, taking over every fiber, moving on to every place. To get to such a place, be going down here. My, we find here, this is familiar, but I'm going to end it with this. Wisdom versus faith. Instead of Jesus defeated Satan upon the faith, knowing who he was, he was a predestinated creature, pre-planned. 
Are you ready? What about the predestinated bride of Jesus Christ? Do you believe you're predestinated? The predestinated bride of Christ, the church, the word seed with everything God promised to put in the church, it's right now. It's in it now. Hello, somebody. It's in it now. Everything is in order. The Holy Spirit has been given. The seed's been sown. The evening light is shining. The sign of Sodom that Jesus promised us here, Malachi 4, our predestinated church. Oh, devil. Oh, devil. Church of the living God here and on tape too. I'm glad he included me in that one. Here and on tape too, do you know where you stand? Do you know that you are called of God? The Holy Ghost reigns in your heart. Every word of God is real to you. Oh, brother, how is Satan going to stand against that? How is Satan going to stand again? How is he going to keep that from growing? How is he going to keep them signs from following? Why, you could throw them in jail. I don't care what you do. They rotted in jail. They fed the lions. They were sawed asunder. They were jerked in pieces. You can't kill it. A church that's predestinated. Those he foreknew, he called. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. And those he glorified, predestinated. He said, and now in the last days, seeds have been sown. Everything's in order. The world's in its order. Can we say amen? The time shaped up. The church is in order. The seeds, the evening lights. Hello, the evening lights. The signs that he said as it was in the days of Sodom. An angel of God, the Holy Spirit, coming down, moving, performing the signs like he did the Malachi 4. Promised he was sinning. And we see all that right here. Where, where, where? Amen, 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 amen. Do you love him? Oh, sure, right here in the last days, a predestinated church, knowing where they stand, sowed with the seed of God and the Holy Spirit in the church. Satan, be careful. Oh, did you hear that? He'd been trying to tell you, be careful. He'd been trying to tell you, you're not, you're just gonna make another mistake. He'd been trying to tell you what you got don't last. Satan, be careful. Hallelujah, because his bride is illuminated with the same power he was illuminated with. And you know what Brother Branham said when he hit him there on that day at Calvary? He said he hit about a 100 million volt wire. And it shocked Satan to his core. And he realized, "Uh uh-oh, I hit the wrong one. Hallelujah. He said, but the same power is in the bride. Satan, be careful. You're not dealing with some denominational church. You're not dealing with some denominational chicken. You're dealing with the seed of God. Eternal life on the inside of them. Here, I'll just read it. What did Satan do when he met Jesus? He flew into him with all the ecclesiastical force he had. I knew the word also and flew into him. I know the word also flew into him. He said, that's all the denominational dust that he had. <laughs> we threw we throwed it out onto him, but it didn't have any light. Did he ever fly off? He came off a lot quicker than he flew on. <laughs> Satan, be careful. Come mess with the seed of God. You'll fly off a lot quicker than you flew on. 
Come mess with the Son of God who's been born to the Spirit of God, the same power energizing his life. You'll fly off a lot faster than you flew on. He hit that 100 billion boat wire. He singed his feathers. He came off of him. He came out of him because that wire had volt in it. Now, in America, he said, remember, Satan has a wire too. But no matter how nice copper the wire is, if it ain't got no life, it's dead. It won't act. Might be the same wire, but it has to be energized from a dynamo. It has to be an energy flowing through it. It has no, but his wire don't have a connection. That's the reason it'll work though in a predestinated vessel. That's the reason the work, word will work where it's connected. Connected to where? With the denomination? No, sir. That's a dead socket. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. But we are connected with the word, which will never pass away. It can never, it can be, it will produce the same power that he had. That's where it's connected to. Not hooked up to some organization, but hooked up to the same dynamo he was hooked up with. It works there because it's hooked up to the same word. And it'll work here because it's hooked up to the same word. Therefore, it'll still open the eyes of the blind. It'll still heal cancer. It'll still heal every kind of sickness. It'll still save the lost, the worst among us. It'll save the worst sinner. Because it's got the same power. And the power is what we have been connected to. Let there be light. Ye are the lights. So why it's saying Zechariah 14, 6, and it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not a day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at the evening time it shall be light. Let there be light. This word, these words are exactly as he spoke it. Let there be light. There shall be light. That's why we come to this darkest of age. And you can look down through there and there's still boop, boop, boop. Down through Louisiana, all the way up through the... States, the East Coast, all, all, probably all over the world, different Gulf countries. Because he said he'd have a, a bride out of every tongue, every nation, every kindred. Today there's lights shining in Japan. And they're pulsating. They're pushing out the darkness. Ye are the light. Let's bow our heads. If you hadn't been connected to Dynamo, if his life is not surging through you, I'd say you better get connected. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't need church. Stream is good enough. You're not connected. His life is in the body. And if you're not connected to the body, to the branch... You're not connected to the life. You can look like a light bulb all you want to look like. You can look like a message sister. You can have long hair, dresses. But if you ain't got the light of God pulsating in you, you're no more than just an Amish or a Mennonite, some kind of religious garb on. 
Brothers, you can have a certain dress, you can look a certain way, but that light ain't pulsating through you. We're no different than anybody else. But he wants to connect you tonight. Started out this way. How many say, Lord, I want to be connected to that source? I want to be connected, Lord. I wonder how many would just lift your hands and say, God, I, I got some clogs I need to work out. Unclog my life. Move it out, Lord. Yes, Father. Lord Jesus, see the hands lifted all over this building. Lord, you know the needs and the situations. God, we're coming to a time. There's going to be a gathering of all these lights. And they're going to be drawn to a meeting in the air. And this place will go into utter, complete darkness. God, it's dark enough with the lights that we have. What's it going to be like when there's no more light? What's it going to be like when the last predestinated seed is taken off this earth? Darkness? I don't know if we can imagine how dark it's going to get. Lord, I don't want to be there. I want to be one of those lights that are pulled out of this dimension into the other. Draw us, Father, by your power and your love. Move into every heart and every life. You know the needs. You know the clogs, channels that needs to be open to where your spirit can move freely. Commit this service and these people into your hands, each hand that was lifted to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Rise and shine for that light.